Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Dungeon Dive Bar Happy Hour. Joining me this week is David. Hi, I'm David, also known as the Truth Whale. And you are Levin's player, yes? Yes, I play Levin. So, talk to me about Levin. He is a ranger, right? Correct. He is a ranger with two or three archetypes. I can't exactly remember at the moment, but many archetypes. I believe you've said enough archetypes that he no longer resembles his base class. That is true. I am essentially a slayer if the slayer was better at dungeon diving. So a full martial rogue. Kinda, yeah. That's what the intent was when I built him, was to be a full martial rogue. That was one of Levin's original design choices, right? You were originally thinking of going rogue with him. Yep, I was originally going to go Unchained Rogue, because if you play Chained Rogue, you're a masochist. But I decided against Unchained Rogue, because I found a combination of ranger archetypes that did exactly what I wanted, but better. So he is a ranger. What is his role and dynamic in the party? He is the preliminary scout. He can handle single encounters. He's not quite an assassin, but he's good at fighting. His primary goal is trap finding, trap spotting. He excels in dungeons, which this entire AP takes place in a dungeon, so feels good. As he gets higher in level, he'll get more and more dungeon-related things. Like at 7th level, when I'm in a dungeon, I'm immune to all forms of difficult terrain. And I get better dark vision in dungeons to a point where lighting no longer matters for me. That kind of stuff. And... Levin is a human, correct? He is a human. He is of Taldane descent. He's not from Taldor. He's from Brevoy. But his family are minor nobles in Brevoy that have heritage from Taldor. He is not associated with his family anymore. From a very young age, he was sold into a slavery to help pay off some of the debt his family had gotten into from an investment that went really, really poorly. Quite a dark character you've got there, huh? Yes. That's why I've petitioned for this segment to be renamed Unhappy Hour. You did, and I ignored that petition. Yes. So why is Levin at the Emerald Spire and Ford Inevitable as a whole? Well, he's not here willingly. He is essentially considered a bad luck charm. He's considered a bad luck charm, because the only time he's ever been hired, he's either been the sole survivor or the party has disbanded, which is kind of a big deal. If you're an adventuring slave and you're considered a bad luck charm, no one's going to rent you out, which means you're just hemorrhaging money. So they were like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to send Levin back into Avistan and we're going to recoup what losses we can by supplying in the contract that we get money if Levin dies, which they're betting on him dying. Yeesh. So we talked about Levin. Let's talk about David. What do you expect out of this super dungeon? You've revealed to me privately that you never thought you'd actually play this, so you read about it? Yes, I don't remember most of it. I know a lot of the, like, side stuff. I don't know the dungeon itself. Well, that's somewhat useful to know, that you don't know 100% of it. I don't know most of the actual dungeon layout. I just know the backstory. Okay. I, I, can, I can accept that. So, back to the original question. What do you really expect out of it? Are you looking forward to playing it? The, seeing the, the details that you didn't get before? Or just simply playing with friends? Well, for me, spoilers are a non-issue. I'm very much the kind of guy that if you tell me what's going to happen, it's not going to reduce my enjoyment of it by any degree. 
honestly, most of the time I'd rather no spoilers, so I know if it's worth investing my time into. For real, it's just, spoilers don't bug me. They never have. So playing it is going to be just as fun as if I knew absolutely nothing. There's an argument to be made that I get more of an enjoyment out of something if I know it's coming up, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just excited to play through it. Levin's story is completely parallel to the dungeon. Like, it'll proceed as the dungeon does, but it's very much unrelated <laughs> outside of a couple key points. Yes, some key points that I have worked into the dungeon. Because as I have, and as I have mentioned on previous episodes, and I mentioned on future episodes, I have updated this dungeon to match the fact that we have a six-person, very competent party both in-game and out-of-game, as the people I am playing with, a majority of them at least, are very high-level system mastery players. If you listen to episode one and two, you'll know that competency is not necessarily guaranteed. This podcast reserves no right to any sort of punishment for its players outside of the GM's prerogative. Yeah, I'm going to do terrible things to all of you. So, David, I know you pretty well, I'd say. And... The people listening might not, but if there's one thing I know about you, it's that you hate homebrew. That's not true. I hate house rules. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do with homebrew. In fact, Levin's weapon is a homebrew weapon. I did an entire compendium of like, here are rules for trick weapons in Pathfinder, and that's what he's using with Sam's approval, and that'll be linked down below with the actual like house rule compendium. Homebrew is cool. You can do a lot of good stuff with homebrew. House rules I have a problem with because a lot of people, not necessarily yours, which is why I agreed to yours for the most part, but my problem with house rules is house rules tend to not give a shit about how the game is actually balanced. Every house rule that I've encountered, and I've encountered a lot of them, and they've all been terrible, they've always been like, hey, nat ones can auto-fail skill checks, or the GM gets to decide what good means on a nat 20. Like, it's just, it's house rules that break the flow of the game. I'm going to give an example, and the person who's listening to this is a friend of mine, because I'm going to force him to listen to this podcast. He knows this story because it's his story. He was with a GM that is a fantastic storyteller GM, and a very, very bad house rule GM. And he was in a tundra setting, and he was scrounging for food. He was looking for either something to hunt or some forge materials in a tundra, a couple uh, frost berries, whatever the case may be. He rolls a natural 20 on his survival check with this GM has the house rule. Natural 20 is the best possible outcome. Natural one is the worst possible outcome in all possible ways, which is bad in and of itself. His reward for rolling a natural 20 as a solo level five drow cleric was a winter wolf who killed him in two rounds. That's bad. That is one of the many examples I have of house rules that I've either personally encountered or encountered adjacently that have tainted them for me forever. And I wasn't even in that game. Yikes. There's a reason I comb through every single homebrew document I'm ever given and be like, where are the house rules in this and what do they do? Well, David, I just got one question left. All right, shoot. You excited to dive in? Sure. I'm interested to see how long Levin lasts and how long the rest of the party lasts. Uh, there's a lot of cool story stuff I want to do with Levin, and unlike a lot of the others, I don't have a backup character written up, so I should probably do that at some point. I look forward to seeing Levin and the rest of the party in the Emerald Spire Super Dungeon, and you can listen to us more 
at the Dungeon Dive Bar. If you have any more questions, send them to dungeondivebar at gmail.com or tweet at us at twitter.com slash bardungeon. Uh, we are also on Facebook at facebook.com slash dungeondivebar. You can find us on Tumblr at dungeondivebar.tumblr.com on our own website, dungeondivebar.podbean.com. We are also on iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict, anywhere you get your podcasts. And additionally, we have a Patreon. Our Patreon is a nonprofit, and it solely exists to raise charity money. Every dollar we raise will be going to a charity cause to help with things like COVID research. Cheers, David. Cheers. Have a good one.